What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, man. Woo! I'm pumped for this one. Thank you for being with us on another audio adventure with the Chris Van Vliet Show. Uh, you saw the title. You know who my guest is, uh, and you clicked on it. And I can tell you with great confidence that this is the world's most dangerous interview. Ken Shamrock is in the house. Ken Shamrock is back in wrestling. Oh, there's so much good stuff here as we go over his career from when he started until now. And yeah, now he is back in an impact wrestling ring. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please grab your phone. Maybe you're holding it. Maybe it's in your pocket, but just grab it. Uh, Go in there, click subscribe. Uh, You'd be doing me a massive favor. Um, And if you have an extra like four seconds, please, while you're in there, just at least click on the five stars in Apple Podcasts. If you're feeling extra generous, you can leave a review, but the five stars really helps. Um, We're only two months old, and this really helps, you know, get the word out there. But with only being two months old, we're already charting as one of the most popular wrestling podcasts in the world. So a huge thank you to you for being part of this. It's amazing. And I'm going to keep reading one review on the show uh, to shout you out, to say thank you, you know, to say let's keep doing this. Let's make this bigger. Antwine316 from the Bullet Cast writes, his interviews are never not entertaining, and he does a great job getting the talent to open up. Much love, CVV. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, much love to you, Antwine316. And uh, I know you're, you're going to keep doing what you're doing. Um, we also couldn't do this without our sponsor, Green Roads. A huge thank you. They've been with us since day one, an OG sponsor. Uh, and if you've been thinking of trying CBD products, well, you should think about trying Green Roads because they're the way to go. Because not all Green Roads or not all CBD products are created equal. There's a lot of companies that have popped up out of nowhere going, oh, we have the best CBD products. I don't know why they talk like that, but in this example, they do. <laughs> Green Roads, though, is a pharmacist-founded company dedicated to improving the lives of people take it, uh, who are taking it. I take it. Like yesterday, I woke up and my, I had this giant pain in my neck, like a, like a literal pain in my neck. And I took Green Roads as I normally do and just kind of subsided. Uh, it's, it helps with that. It helps with focus. The gummies are great um, all around. Green Roads is pretty awesome, and I think you should enjoy the awesomeness with me. Use my code CHRIS15 to get 15% off at greenroadsworld.com. That's CHRIS15 for 15% off at greenroadsworld.com. Also, listen to how good we sound. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's because of Samson Technologies and the mics and cables um, that we use for these interviews. And a lot of people ask me, hey, what kind of audio equipment should I use as I'm starting out my podcast, starting out my YouTube channel? Well, the great thing about Samson Technologies is their stuff is obviously great quality. I mean, listen to it. 
but also very affordable. So go to samsontech.com and you can check out their full lineup and you can sound this good. So <laughs> I don't know. I, why did I go down like, oh, yeah, it sound this good, like a strip club announcer. Uh, when you think of the career of Ken Shamrock, of course, we first saw him in UFC in 1993, UFC 1, which is crazy. You want to talk about an OG. He had those epic battles with Hoist Gracie uh, later in his career with Tito Ortiz. But in terms of pro wrestling, he came into the WWF right on the cusp of the Attitude Era, 1997. I mean, Bret Hart was still around at that time. Um, Shamrock had massive potential. It seems like he was on the verge of getting a huge push that just kind of stopped. And then out of nowhere, he just went back into MMA. So we get down to the bottom of what actually happened there. We also talk about the other big moment that everyone seems to talk about with Ken Shamrock. Um, yeah, he's known for that vicious vicious chair shot to the face from the rock man oh yeah that's a great story he's been away from pro wrestling now for 15 years but at age 55 he's back in impact wrestling where he was the first ever tna champion um also i i know you're listening to this interview but you, you've got to check it out on youtube just to see the intro at least ken shamrock put me in the ankle lock i can't believe i'm saying that out loud yeah, Ken Shamrock put me in the ankle lock. And everyone's like, oh, man, great selling, Chris. And I'm like, yeah, selling. Yeah, that's that, that was those screams were acting screams. <laughs> Here you go. It's the world's most dangerous interview with the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. All right. Well, it's, it's an honor to be sitting in an impact ring with you right now. Thank you for making this happen. Dude, I feel so comfortable in the ring. I feel like I want to slam somebody. Well, <laughs> maybe not me, or maybe at least not till later. Right. We'll at least get the yeah, interview we'll get done interview first. Yeah. It's been 15 years, um, and now you're back in Impact. Take me along this path. You know, why did it take 15 years to come back? I'll tell you, uh, especially after I kind of slowed down with the MMA world, um, I took a year off because I felt. My body was sore. I had all these injuries I was trying to recover from. And uh, so I said, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. So I took a year. I didn't, didn't say I was going to take a year. I just, just stopped, right? I stopped training. I stopped everything. I just wanted to just enjoy life, enjoy family. So it, took, it was about a year. And, uh, and then I just decided one day, I was like, man, you know what? I'm tired of just being Mr. Mom, you know, hanging around at the house and, you know, cooking dinner and doing barbecues and, you know, just, just that home life thing. And yeah. it was great for a while, but then I started feeling healthy again. I just started feeling like, wow, I don't know. I just feel good again. And so I said, you know, I'm gonna go back to the gym. Just, you know, go there during the day. Cause I'm not doing anything and I'll go hit the gym and, and, uh, and kill some time that way. And so I started working out, and, you know, probably I would say three, three months in, I started feeling good again. I, mean, sure. I look in the mirror. I go, wow, man. You I look, look great. You look great, you know. And I was like, okay, you know. I'll start looking for some gigs in pro wrestling, you know. That's something I, I think I want to go after. It's something I hadn't really had finished what I wanted, what I had actually started to do, which is capture the WWF title, which, you know, I mean, I may not be able to do that, but, boy, I can sure make an impact in, in no pun intended, <laughs> in pro wrestling. Sure. And so I uh, decided to, you know, start reaching out to different organizations and start checking out to see whether or not there was an opportunity for me to wrestle again. And then BCW uh, over in Australia picked me up, and I did a show, my one one, one show. And we weren't planning on doing any more than that. I went over, I did one show, and uh, I remember after I did that one show, I was like, wow, 
I feel a lot better than I've felt in a long time. Wow. And I said, you know what? I might want to do this again. So I remember talking to Matthew, who is the guy that owns uh, BCW. I said, hey, you know, um, since things went so well this time, I said, uh, I'd like to be able to maybe come back and do a few more shows just to see whether or not I want to get back into pro wrestling again. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, me and you'll work something out. And, you know, I'll come over here maybe for four or five uh, match deal. And then and, uh, and, and that way I can kind of kind of see where I'm at. And he says, yeah, I would love to uh, help you out, you know. And, and he did. He helped me out, be able to get in the ring and be able to have those four or five uh, matches. And uh, once I was into about the third match, the third time over there, sure, I think people started to see around um, the world uh, uh, that that I was back because I got a call from Germany. They wanted to bring me down there, so I wow, went down yeah. and did a match down there. And so now I'm sitting here in the Impact ring uh, because of the opportunity I got at BCW and was able to show the talents that I had. I'm sitting here in Impact Wrestling, ready to do a program for them. So. Um, that thought I had one day to go start working out, taking that year off, yeah. really got me to this point. And you look like you're in incredible shape, the best shape we've seen you in in years. Yeah, and that all had to do with taking that year off because I had never taken any time off from the time I started my professional career back in 90, 90, 89, 90. Uh, I'd never really taken any time off sure. up until, you know, the what was it, 2017? Yeah, 2017, where I basically had taken a year off. Um, so I think that was a really important part of me being able to be where I'm at today was just let my body heal up and yeah. feel comfortable again. So is this, uh, you know, right now we're obviously in Las Vegas here, Sam's town casino. You're doing two dates here. Is this the only two dates you're doing with impact or are you continuing on for a little while? Well, you know, right now, I think the, the, the one thing in front of me is, you know, obviously moose, uh, being able to take care of business with that. Uh, then I think, uh, after we do that, we'll, we'll take a look and see whether or not there's more for us to do here in impact I, I i like what i see so far sure uh, uh the way i've been treated has been awesome um so yeah i'm i'm definitely interested in maybe looking at something a little bit deeper but like i said we have to see where where everything kind of lands after these first two two shows well i think the interest is there for ken shamrock because you were away from pro wrestling for so long if you had been working indie dates ever since you left wwe they'd go yeah well, we've seen it we don't need you now it's true. I think that, you know, it's in, and maybe this is a message for a lot of guys that are into pro wrestling is that it's okay to take time off. It's okay to let your body heal up and rest, take a year off, be away from it. But in the same sense, not only are you taking time off to let your body heal up, but you're also taking time off for the fans to kind of um, maybe uh, miss you. Sure. So when you do come back, um, it's like, oh, you get a welcome back because they're like, we haven't seen him in the ring for a while. And so you get more of a warm embrace as opposed to trying to force the issue to keep yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And what an exciting time for you to make your return. 2019 has been an amazing time to be a pro wrestling fan. An amazing time, I'm sure, to be a pro wrestler with everything that's going on with AEW, kind of raising the bar for WWE. Impact has one of its best rosters perhaps ever. Uh, a great time for you to be back. I don't know. Maybe I'm blessed, man, but it seems like my timing has been just perfect for a lot of things. <laughs> Started out when, when uh, over in Japan where, where um, 
you know, um, Pancras first started. I was the first king of Pancras. Yeah. Uh, USC first started. Mm-hmm. I was the won. super first super fight champion. Yep. Uh, the first guy to cross over into the WWF, where WWF was in WWE today, was struggling to compete with WCW. They 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 brought in the Attitude Era off of my back to try to change that direction. WCW killing them on those wars, and then here. Uh, you know, it just seems like my timing, I have been blessed on timing. Yeah, I mean, you've talked a lot in other interviews how you've reached out to WWE and got no response. And you you think you have some unfinished business there. What's your relationship with uh, like with them now? Uh, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if it is a relationship. You know, I mean, I know I was there mm-hmm. and I know that I was able to um, be a part of something special. Um, but I just don't know if there was ever a relationship, you know, because even after I left, it almost felt like I was this, um, this, this, the black sheep where like once I left, it was, it it was never mentioned again, you Mm. know, and I, no credit given, no highlights or anything ever shown. Nobody speaks of it. You know, it's almost like it was an, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just gone. Which is strange because you paved the way for guys like Brock Lesnar, um, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey. Now, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like it would they'd be remiss to not recognize what you've done. Yeah, but they they don't. You know, I mean, it's it's a shame. Even when they did this this Raw reunion and this this uh, these other reunions that they were doing, it's it, you know, it's like why wouldn't I have been there? I yeah. mean, I don't understand that. So. I don't know who I pissed off and, you know, or, or, or what kind of bridges were blown up, but I thought I did everything on a very professional level. Is, is there, do you have any idea who it is you might have bad blood with or some heat with? I don't, man. I mean, I know that, you know, there's, there, there were a lot of business decisions that were made that probably didn't make some people happy, but it was business. It was nothing personal. Sure. I mean, Jim Ross talked about uh, in his podcast recently how uh, you had missed some dates uh, in some towns and then that you were going to be a megastar, but some things kind of fell apart and it never happened for you. Yeah, it was weird because, like, um, it's not like the first time that wrestlers miss dates. I mean, Shawn Michaels did. Bret Hart did. I mean, you go on and some of the things that happen and guys just miss flights, some of it due to weather or cancellation or just being late. It happens, right? Sure. So, and it wasn't like I missed 20 in a row. I mean, maybe it's two or three. Yeah, and JR talked about two. Yeah. Yeah, at most in a two and a half year period. So, you know, I'm not, there's no way that that, that's the reason. So, I, I don't, I really, I don't know. I can only speculate. I think there's you know several different uh, reasons why that could have happened but um but but they're just speculations because no one's really ever said hey you know this is what we thought this is what we did um so i have no clue do you agree with jr that you had the makings of being a megastar was there ever talking ever talk of you winning a royal rumble or something to line you up for a title shot well, I did win uh, King of the Ring, you know, That's right. and yeah, I King beat of the, the Ring, Rock yeah. there, and mm-hmm. I thought that that was the direction we were going to go, and um, yeah, I, I really thought that, you know, The Rock, um, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, myself, uh, I really thought that was a direction that we were going to be able to have the, kind of that four-way, um, you know, title connection where it would just keep shifting hands and and uh, then there'd be alignments here and there and so I really thought that's where it was going and then I kind of got left 
out of the, the that four. I was the the fourth one, and so the three did go ahead, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just kind of got left out. So, hmm. they, do you feel like there were other plans that could have happened had you not left to go to MMA? Should I, I go back I, to MMA. Well, you, you know, the, the 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 feeling and the and the the things that were happening to me during that time. And the reason why I went back was because I wasn't going that direction. Mm. You know, um, I know that they they wanted to do a a, 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 um, a storyline where uh, the, the, uh, Ryan, who played my sister, wanted me to be in love with her, and I said, uh, "That's just well, well, where's that? That's not anywhere where we're going. The world's most dangerous man. I mean, <laughs> in that, an incest angle. Uh, you know, I'm like, I just don't feel right." And uh, so in, in my mind, with everything that was going on around that, with the Bret Hart thing and all the other things that were happening around that, it just felt to me like they were trying to ruin the world's most dangerous man. They mm. were trying to kill my character, mm. which I've heard they've done in the past with different people because that was their character they created. And before they left, they wanted to make sure they weren't on the up, they were on the down. Sure. So I took a stand against that uh, to not let that happen. You were one of the rare guys during that era who got to keep their own name. Like, did when you first came in, was there any discussion of giving you another name? No, I mean, uh, I think Vince had it in his head that the world's most dangerous man coming from this, sure. this background, yeah. that's what he was going to build Stone Cold and Bret Hart and his organization on the Attitude Era. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that come in and they go, all right, Ken Shamrock, we understand who you were from UFC, but we could make you something else. Or in a sense where uh, I think you could also argue that by just bringing me in and having me work with guys like Stone Cold or Bret Hart or The Rock or other guys, being the character I was coming from that background would also make those other wrestlers that as well. That's true. Did they want to do this angle with Ryan because you guys were dating in real life at the time and they saw a spark there? No, I mean, like I don't, I don't know the thought press on that, but I had uh, three kids at home that were five, eight, and ten, mm. and them going to school, they don't know the real or not real on that. Sure. And I had to make a decision for my family that I was not going to do that because the, my my kids would have been hammered at school for that. You mentioned The Rock a few times. He said some really nice things about you on Twitter recently. Yeah. Yeah, you had like it was almost like a year-long program with him that you guys did. We did. I, I tell you, well, Rock came out of the nation, and um, I felt that the nation was really holding him back. And uh, once he broke off of that, and he started uh, cutting promos with the mic, right? And me and him started doing work together. I literally saw myself and and his character just rise up. And we we had had matches that um, rivaled all the top stars in the WWF at the time. It's funny because I interviewed Rock recently and I said, you know, if you've got so many great promos, what's your favorite promo of all time? And it's, it's actually kind of something you're keying in on here. He said it was one of his favorites was uh, the crowd was chanting Rocky sucks. And he said the rocks a lot of things, but sucks ain't one of them. <laughs> and that led right into the type of program that you guys had. Yes, it was awesome because I was, I was, I was neither a baby face or a heel yeah, and The Rock really hadn't established himself uh, as either one. Really, I mean, he kind of flipped back and forth, and uh, I just didn't care. Like it didn't <laughs> matter whether the fans loved me or didn't love me. I loved them, mm-hmm. but when I got in the ring, I was going to do what I was going to do, and so uh, it just it just worked out that way. That 
I was kind of at that moment I was the fan favorite. But just as we started working together, it was almost like they they it was like they they didn't know who to who to cheer for because they loved the rock and they loved me. And it was just seemed like as we were starting to put those programs going and grow together, that's where we really became superstars. And no matter how many great matches you have with the rock, you know that everybody's memory comes down to that one moment where the rock bashed you in the face <laughs> with the chair. Walk me through that entire moment. How did that all go down? We were in the back and, uh, I was, we were going through some spots and then we we're going to do the chair shot. And I didn't like chair shots. I just, I felt like, man, it just, I, I, the back was fine, but then they were hitching the top of the head or the back of the head. And I was like, I looked at Rock and I said, Hey man, we do that chair shot, man. Just hit me in the face. Oh my God. And he looked at me and he goes, I'm not hitting you in the face. I go, dude, hit me in the face. I'll take care of the rest. He goes, man, I'm not hitting you in the face, man. And I was like, dude, I'm serious. He looked at me. And he said, man, you're, you're, you're ribbing me. I said, no, I'm serious. Hit me in the face. And if you don't swing it, I won't sell it. A little pause from the world's most dangerous interview to thank our sponsors, Indochino. Every guy looks better. They feel more confident when you put on a suit. This is a fact of life. There's only one problem, though. Guys keep buying these generic, ugly, off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire, my podcast network, is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new made-to-measure suit. Indochino is the world leader on made-to-measure menswear. They make shirts and suits to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. I know a lot of you guys will wear your suit once a year at a wedding or at your wedding. Uh, and if you're doing that, they have tons of options for looking great for the wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Just visit a stylist at any of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America, and you can have them take your measurements personally. If you don't feel like leaving your house, that's okay. You can measure yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. And this week, listeners of the CVV show, that's me, uh, can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com. You just have to enter the code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping's free. So that's Indochino.com. The promo code is BLUEWIRE, and you'll get any premium suit for just $369 with free shipping. This is a very incredible deal. Um, Making all your suits usually cost much, much more. Um, and trust me, once you go custom, you do not go back. Also, big thank you to my bookie. I mean, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you just keep walking Yes, of course you pick it up. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? This is why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, they pay you when you win, and let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet on my brownies. Big Cleveland Browns fan. And also bet with MyBookie. And also, did you know you can make a bet after kickoff and also like if you're betting on one team and then in the second half the team that you're betting on is losing really bad it's okay you can just take the other side and if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little bit and win a lot well you can bet with a parlay if all your picks come through you'll multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet you know this nfl season is the best time of the year to do it so join now my bookie's going to double your first deposit just use the promo code bluewire to activate the offer. That's Blue Wire, named after our podcast network. It's on the picture on your screen there right now on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there. See it? Yeah. Visit mybookie.ag today to sign up. You play, you win, 
you get paid. He looked at me and goes, whoa, I'll swing it. <laughs> and I said, okay. So we get in there. And he looked at me. He goes, you sure? And I said, dude, trust me. He goes, all right. So we get in there. We get to that spot. And he looks at me. And I remember he's looking up to him and going, you better swing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were saying in that moment? Yeah, I was like, you better swing it. Oh, man. And he looked at me and goes, oh, I will. <laughs> were there, was, you know, did you have any sort of injury after that? No, it, it was a lot easier for me to take that to the forehead because it didn't hit me directly in the face. So when he swung it, all I did was just tip my chin down and I took it right in the forehead. And if you know anything about how your body is, your forehead is the thickest bone in your head. So instead of taking it to the top of the head or, or anywhere else, that was the place I knew when I took it that I wouldn't get a concussion. And so when he swung it, because I didn't want to take something that I would embarrass myself. Somebody sure. eases up on it. Or, and I knew by hitting me in the forehead, I knew he could swing it and I would be okay. And so when he hit me with the chair, whack! And I literally, as I go to go back, I was like, dude, I didn't, I mean, I hardly even felt it. I mean, I mean, that's no lie. I'm not lying. God is my witness. He oh my swung God. that, and he hit at me with it, and I literally went, well, that was a lot better than I thought as I was rolling backwards, and I hit the ground. I was like, thank God I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you get hit with, like, the seat part. That felt I, I felt like you got hit with, like, the top part of the chair. There. It was both because I think when he hit uh. me, the, the actual seat caved in. And then the top part slid down onto my head. Well, that's exactly what we saw at AEW, a double or nothing. When Cody took that chair shot, same thing happened, but we obviously saw that it didn't go as well for him. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, too, it's, uh, you, you, it's the way you're taking it. The timing on it has got to be perfect because it, it can turn out wrong. But like I said, I would rather see it coming than not coming. So what do you think of when you see a chair shot like that in 2019, the, the one that Sean Spears did to Cody Rhodes? And then we look back at, uh, you know, in your heyday, those were happening almost every week on Raw. I love it. You know, um, I like to see those things happen. And, and uh, a lot of people get angry when people copy other people. And I'm like, dude, this is the world we live in. Mm. People do things and they do it better. It's like when uh, um, Kurt Angle jumped in the ankle lock. Yeah. You know? I mean, everybody's like, dude, aren't you mad? I was like, why would I be mad? The guy took my move. I mean, he's actually still using my move. That's flattery. You know, I mean, like the guy is taking something that I brought in first and he's using it. Why would I be mad about that? Did he ask permission to use it? No, he just really? used it. But it didn't matter to me because, I mean, I think to myself, how many moves in the pro wrestling week does somebody do first and somebody else is using it? Sure. All of them. Yeah. I guess. But that was that was your trademark move. I know the I know the first time I saw Kurt Angle doing it, I went. Yeah. That's Ken Shamrock's move. But it doesn't matter. I think what bothers me more than anything is when they actually put up all these different submission holds, the best submission holds, yeah. and they use Kurt Angle's picture in the <laughs> angle up, and he doesn't do it right. You know, when when I tell people, I said, well, yeah, when someone does your move, and they usually, because like even in fighting, when you train somebody, your ceiling should be their floor. They should get better. Um, well, in Kurt Angle's case, he does not do it better. <laughs> it won't work re for real. So I need to learn. I need to teach him how to do that right. So that when he puts it on, I could be a little more proud of that. You should have an ankle lock match with him. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll let him put it in. The way he does it, I'd let him get me in it. <laughs> you, I mean, he's worked in Impact for many, many years. Yes. Now that you're in Impact... This is something that, make, that could maybe happen. Dude, I would. I, that's a dream match for me. It really is. It's a dream um, match for everybody. Yeah, I respect Kurt. I mean, if you know Kurt's history, man, that guy was a stud. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really was a stud mentally, physically. 
I mean, he was just one of those kind of guys that I could get behind. So having a match with him would be an honor. What about a match with Brock? Oh, another guy, man. I mean, you think about what, what he was able to do. You know, I know he's kind of followed in my footsteps a little bit, only because I did it first, right? Sure. Um, but um, he's a beast, man. And he's a guy that I would enjoy wrestling also because you look at him, man, and you're just like, dude, this dude is a megastar. So for me to share the ring with him would be absolute honor. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's important to point out that you've, you've had an incredibly successful career in MMA, an incredibly successful career in wrestling, but you're also an entrepreneur now. You've got your hand in so many different pies. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I, when I got out of wrestling and got out of uh, fighting, the one thing I wanted to make sure was that um, I needed to use all of my body, like my physical aspects and my mental aspects and so as I was fighting and as I was wrestling I was also learning outside of what it is to put on shows or to produce things and how different storylines work and so I always studied everything going on around me sure. because I knew there would be an opportunity for me after I had to kind of done everything I needed to do and be able to step aside and go okay I'm going to use the the uh, the celebrity status and the things that I created over the years and be able to use that as a leverage to go out and start using different types of businesses outside the ring. So I got involved with different things in the stock market. You know, I got involved with things with business and let leveraging my name to be able to help other startup businesses uh, because they'll spend anywhere from fifty thousand to one hundred. You know, normal businesses sure. fifty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars in marketing. Yeah. Right. So I can go to those different businesses and go, hey. Let me do your marketing for you. I'll do all radio spots, TV spots. I'll go around and do different um, commercials and stuff like that. And I'll cut your, your costs in half. All I want is equity. You mm. don't have to pay anything up front. But what we make off of this company, I get a percentage. So I become a business owner. That's a big gamble, though, because if that business isn't profitable, but, you've just put your time and effort into nothing. See, well, that's the see, and there's the key right there is this. You have to make sure that the, the, the ones that you're looking at and you vet them, yeah. you got to make sure they have a, have a solid foundation with the people that are working there. Sure. And so you have a better opportunity of being successful. But nevertheless, it still costs you nothing to try that. So I've gotten involved in three different different types of businesses, uh, making money with each one of those things just by leveraging my name uh, for the marketing aspects of it and getting equity ownership in return. Also, right now, we're getting involved with uh, actually the promoting part of it. You know, I did a lot inside the ring, still doing stuff inside the ring. But now I'm actually testing my my skills outside the ring and whereas i'm going into the promoting where i'm doing a, a valor i'm wearing the shirt for it right that's now. that's right there it is yeah valor bk <laughs> uh bare knuckle fighting uh we see an opportunity there we uh again doing our homework studying being able to look at the different things trending outside in the social media areas got to see these Fights, street fights happening, and all of a sudden they're getting a million or so views with these guys fighting in the backyard. Yeah. So we started looking at it going, okay, well, that, that looks like that's interesting there. And then we started seeing these other organ bare-knuckle organizations coming up, and their numbers were getting better than some of the MMA fights. So we realized at that time going, okay, well, now's the time to go back and do something I fell in love with back in the beginning when I started doing the holes board fighting myself. Right. And then it kind of went away, and that was what I really loved the most was that purity and that, that mono-a-mono, God-given talent when you step in the ring, bare knuckle, you against the other guy. And uh, so I was just like, you know what? I want to bring that back. And so I started doing Valor Bare Knuckle uh, September 21st at Four Bears Casino in Newtown, North Dakota. We're doing our very first event. 
And uh, up to this point, we haven't even done a show yet, but with all the experience that I have learned through pro wrestling and my fighting, uh, being able to understand how you move forward in that by creating opportunity for people to raise awareness for your event and ticket sales, yeah. uh, I use the, the, the knowledge that I have now to be able to, to go out there and make all those advertisements. Right now, we haven't done an event, and we're, we're trending one right now in the bare knuckle space we haven't even done a fight yet because of the knowledge and the ability that i have of knowing how all this stuff works and how you're supposed to get to that point to raise awareness that you're doing a show so you got to help me out here is this in a ring or is this in a cage well it's very unique it's neither okay so we are going to be doing it um it's going to be a and i think we'll we're going to wait until the day of the event so people can actually see it okay but it's a pit and um, it has no ropes and it has no fences. So um, on that day, people will get to see what these guys are fighting in. It'll be an experience that you have never experienced before in watching a fight with no visual impediment. Now, if you're part of this from the outside, kind of organizing this, once you get there on September 21st, aren't you going to go, I want to be in there? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, the itch is always going to be there. But also the reality of it is I also know where I'm at. And you said Gracie's the only person you would fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To make yeah. up for the low blow fight? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I don't know how they didn't. I don't know how that one even It's funny because when right. you watch it back, the ref is in the way as it's happening, but you can clearly see on your face what's happened. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to fight it, you know, but. But your balls are in your stomach. Yeah, yeah when you start losing your breath and, and yeah, you're trying to cough them back down again. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's hard, it's hard to keep continuing. <laughs> Do you think he would fight you one more time? No, he won't. No, because he knows you'd win. Yes, that's why he need me. There's no question. There's no way that was an accident. He did that on purpose. It was his way out of that fight. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. someone who's uh, as a pre- you know precision striker like he is, like you are. He knows where his, uh, he's he's striking. Yeah, he and he knew he knew he was in trouble, and that's there's and every fighter will tell you the same thing because they understand when someone does something like that in a clinch, and and they're that professional, mm. they know something like that was done intentionally because the guy knows he's going to lose. Mm. Who was your toughest opponent in MMA and in pro wrestling? Well, MMA you can't. It's really difficult to, to say that because they all come from, like Gracie, I mean, he's just a different kind of guy. He's not strong, he's not dangerous, but he can beat you. Sure. Right? He's very good at that, but you don't fear him, right? Yeah. Uh, guys like Mark Coleman or, or Dan Severn or guys that were big beasts in wrestling, I mean, they can hurt you, right? So guys like that, you know, you kind of like, they're just a little bit different thought, but you can't really put on which one is harder because they're all different. What about Tito Ortiz? Yeah, he's another one. Like, you, you know, he comes in there and he's kind of a wrestler. He does elbows and, you know, he's very, very aggressive on the ground. Sure. But it's like, for me, it was just a different style. I was never, I never thought in a fight or in that sense of, of being afraid of anyone, right? But it was more of a challenge of different styles of what I had to look for or watch out for. What about in pro wrestling? Who was at your level? Because you had an insane amount of intensity. Yeah. I would say um, not at my level as far as intensity, but I would have to say as far as charisma, uh, athletic ability, the whole nine yards, I would have to say between... Um, I know The Rock for sure, no question. Sure. And then... 
Yeah, I would say The Rock. Yeah, they, like I said, I got to wrestle all the top stars, so they were all like kind of different too. But I think Rock was was more of that guy that really matched well with me. We were able to do a lot of stuff together. Very athletic, very strong. Yeah. Um, and I was athletic, very strong, charismatic, charismatic. It, 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 so it was a great match. Would you say that the bigger reason you left WWE or WWF at the time to go back to MMA was it the dates? You were working three, four, five <laughs> days a week versus two, three fights a year. Is Was that the main reason? Or did you have unfinished business? Yeah, I think that... Um, yeah, I think that the reason why when I left uh, the WWF was because it was just a lot of time on the road. And I just didn't feel like the time I was putting in to the WWF that we were going in the direction that I thought we were going to go. Yeah. So and, and with your character specifically. Yeah, yeah. The things that they were asking me to do as opposed to what we were doing, you know, the first year in. Um, and I thought we were rising where we were supposed to be going. I thought I did what I needed to do. Uh, everything was good. Um, and then all of a sudden there was just, there was a, just, it was just a stop in the direction we were going. And then all of a sudden we were going in a direction I didn't understand. So on top of me being gone all the time, missing kids, uh, you know, dances and, and games and wrestling matches and birthdays, um, that gets depressing. But so to add to it, then all of a sudden I was not being pushed anymore, at least yeah. to my knowledge. You've overcome so much in your life, like from, you know, being bounced around different houses growing up to breaking your neck in high school. What's pushed you through this to make you not only get past it, but then be incredibly successful? I think he's not dwelling on it. I mean, uh, for me, after it happened, um, I remember my father said to me in the hospital as I was laying, he wasn't my father then, he was a group homeowner. Um, when I laid there and I was you know, in this, this bed where they clamped you together and they flipped me to go to the bath. They flipped me to, over to watch TV. They had a mirror under the bed where they flipped me over so I could watch TV when I was on my stomach. And I remember just uh, when he said to me, he goes, you know, because they told me I could never play contact sports again. You know, and you that's, had a broken neck. You had a halo. Yes. Yeah. So I was, I, I hadn't really sunk in until I was told that. And then I thought to myself, what did I do wrong? Because mm. everything that drove, everything that drove me and everything that got me to that point was because I was good at something. I was relevant all of a sudden. I wasn't just punk kid that was in juvenile hall and I was going to be dead someday and no one really cared to me being a good athlete. Teachers wanted to help me get good grades and coaches caring about me because I was good at something and now I was relevant. And now all of a sudden I was just being taken away in one instance. I literally took three years, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior to where all of a sudden my world felt good. And then I broke my neck. Then all of a sudden, it was gone. There was, it was it. And I just, then I was being told that you can't do those things that made you relevant. And I was so depressed. I remember my father said to me, he goes, you can lay there and pout. Or you can get up and do something about it. Wow. He said, because no one's going to do anything. Nobody can do, I can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. Your friends are not going to do it for you. You're the only one that can change the outcome of what's going to happen from this point on. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that's right. But I took it different than what he meant. I took it more like, this doctor can't tell me I can't do that. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I'm willing to do to get to where I want to go. He has no idea how I how hard I will work to get something, my dedication. So I remember getting up. I'm not getting up that at that moment. Sure. But I remember after hearing that and my thought process completely changed. I was like, okay, yeah, 
That's right. So I remember after I got out of the hospital, man, I started training and working out. You know, a year and a half later after being told that, I was playing linebacker at Shasta College. Wow. Playing football because I was able to train. I put on 20 pounds. I put muscle on around the injured area, and I was playing football. I mean, I had to get a release from the doctor. I had to get a release from the the, the, the college sure. saying that it would be no, you know, this letter of no, nobody's responsible. I'm doing this on my own. Yeah, because you could die. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, and I went and did it, man, and I was an All-American. So, it, yeah, so it's just to me, it was like I just don't, my mind doesn't think about the things I can't do. My mm. mind only thinks about the things I can do. Mm. Are there things now at 55 you're getting back into the ring for the first time in many, many years. Do you look at this now and go, there's things I can't do now? No. Uh, no, I look at things that I can do. Okay. And I do them. Yeah. Right. So if somebody says, hey, you know, I want you to do a backflip off the top rope, I was like, what? I don't do that. <laughs> That's not what I do. Yeah. Right? But, hey, if you want me to do a suicide dive over the top rope, I can do that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I just did it over in BCW. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I could do a, I just did a match with Severn over in uh, BCW. I did a 40-minute uh, Broadway. Uh, we had a good match, shoot, a work-shoot match. And uh, uh, we went through that. It wasn't After we were done, I wasn't tired. So I don't think, like I said, to me, there's nothing I can't accomplish if it's something that I enjoy doing. So if this goes really well here in Impact, how much longer can you wrestle for? I don't. I see. That's the thing I don't think about. I think about now. I think about today. I think about what I'm going to do uh, tonight. Yeah. So I focus on now, and I focus on things that I can control. That's a that's that rings true. I interviewed John Cena recently, and he said, "Control the controllable." Yeah. And that sounds like the same thing you're saying here. Yeah. Instead of looking ahead, can I still wrestle in a year or five or ten? Who cares? Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, but what I do care about is now. Yeah. yeah. That's something that I think everyone can take with them if there's somebody watching this that is looking to break into pro wrestling what kind of advice do you have for them i would say get an education uh make sure you have a good job and then practice your wrestling on the side because <clears throat> i say this in the in the fight world too is that nothing's guaranteed you could be the greatest athlete in the world but injuries happen mm. You can be in there practicing and getting ready to start your career and blow your knee out and blow it out enough to where you can't, you're not the same. Or you could be really great at wrestling and you never get the opportunity. I mean, those things happen. So I always say, you know what, man, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I know it's a cliche, but it's so true. Make sure you have options. I got to say, it's, it's such an honor to be able to sit here with you and uh, kind of just sit here at the learning tree and just, you know, <laughs> learn from you and... I'm so excited to see you back in the ring, um, and congrats on everything you're doing inside and outside of the wrestling world. I appreciate that, man, and I'm excited for, you know, obviously tonight, uh, I'm going to get to be able to, you know, because like, I think Moose has just been running all over the place, so I think tonight's the night. And so. running his mouth a lot. Oh, yeah, you know, he seems to be really good at that, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know, like I said, I'm excited for tonight, We'll we'll see what happens, hopefully he'll... Um, come in with uh, some humbleness but I doubt it so I'll have to humble him I think but anyway either way whatever happens it's going to be fun uh, don't forget Valor BK September 21st uh, North Dakota Newtown it will be a show thank you, thank you so much there you go my friends I flew 
all the way to Las Vegas. It's a five-hour flight. Uh, to make that interview happen, I think it was well worth it. Also, who doesn't want to go to Las Vegas? Uh, I really, really enjoyed that chat with Ken. I can't wait to see what he does in the ring. I mean, have you seen the shape he's in now? It's insane. I, I hope to be in like a third of that kind of shape when I'm 55. Um, his match with Moose uh, should be great. Looking forward to that. And that story about the chair shot from The Rock is insane. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe, uh, take a screenshot, tag me in it, tag Ken in it. I know that Ken goes in his Twitter and looks at his Twitter quite a lot. So if you tag him, there's a pretty good chance that he'll like your tweet. And that's pretty cool. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Green Roads. They're awesome, and they're a pharmacist-founded company uh, that makes CBD. You can use my code, Chris15, to get 15% off at greenroadsworld.com. MyBookie. Thank you to MyBookie, and you can use the promo code BLUEWIRE. They will double your first deposit at mybookie.ag. I mean, it's football time. You should be betting on these games. You can use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get any premium suit at Indochino.com for just $3.69. You'll also get free shipping. These suits are money. And once you get a custom suit, you will never get a non-custom suit again. An off-the-rack suit. That's what they're called. Also, Samson Technologies always has us sounding so good. SamsonTech.com is where you can check that one out. I've got a couple more interviews in the can still. A Sunny Kiss interview. From All Out in Chicago, also a Killer Cross interview, um, also from Chicago. So keep an eye out for those ones. If you're subscribed, you'll know. You don't need to keep an eye out. You'll just like feel the buzz and go, oh, with the buzz from the notification. Oh, there it is. Um, I saw this great quote from The Rock that I wanted to share with you. And The Rock, I mean, look at how, much, how successful he's been, right? It's incredible. He says, success in anything, success in anything, will always come down to this, focus and effort. And we control both. Man, that's powerful. Have a great day. We will see you soon. Woo!